On today's episode of Three Wide in the Middle, we're going to take a look at the controversy from this last weekend's cup race at Bristol as we've got the top 12 now locked in and heading into the next round of the playoffs. And we have something to talk about between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Plus, we're going to take a look at one of my favorite dirt racing events coming up this weekend at Eldora. So all of that and more next. Interesting night to say the least at Bristol this last weekend. Now, coming in, this was the last uh, week for the round of 16. Um, Larson was basically, you know, he's been really dominant so far the first few races. And the guy who was coming in last in points in terms of the round of 16, Kevin Harvick, um, who, if you remember, I picked to be in my final four. And so far, looking good, but. Um, he had come in and he's done really, really well. And we had some late race controversy with Harvick and Chase Elliott to be particular. Now, Larson was actually the benefactor of it. And so what had happened, if you didn't see the race, Harvick and Larson were, or excuse me, Harvick and Elliott were battling for the lead. Now, Elliott actually cut down a tire, had to pit. And this gave Harvick the lead. And so Harvick's out running. Well, Harvick comes up and now, there's a hornet's nest in front of him. Absolute just hornet's nest of cars. And one of those cars in front of him is Chase Elliott. Now, Chase Elliott, basically, it looks like he kind of slows down. I mean, it really does. He looks like he slows down a little bit. He's not really pushing his hard. He's on fresher tires, which at Bristol does matter. I mean, it's not like Darlington, but it does matter, right? And you got fresher tires that compared to the other cars, you're going to be faster. And he was obviously, he had a fast car. I mean, he had been battling for the lead, not that many laps before. Well, he slows down. Larson ends up catching Harvick and gets around him. And Larson gets the win. Now, after the race, Larson actually said he thought um, something along the lines of he thought Harvick might have been worried about passing Elliott in terms of retaliation. I don't know if that's the case. Um, you know, I don't know Kevin Harvick personally, and he obviously does not know me. Dude wouldn't know me if he tripped over me in the street. But from what I can tell of all the stuff that I've seen from Kevin Harvick and all the years that I have watched him in NASCAR, if there's one thing I do not believe Kevin Harvick is, it's afraid. I don't, he does not come across to, to me as somebody who would seem afraid. Um, and he's got a mirror. He's not dumb. If he's running and he got a car in front of him, I don't care who it is, how much you think the retaliation is. If Kyle Larson is in your rear view mirror and you can see him coming, you're not just going to sit back and wait and just be like, oh, well, I don't want to pass Chase Elliott because he might hit me. I think if he could have gotten around Elliott, he would have and didn't look like he was able to. Um, and Larson got around him. And Larson got the win. Now, Harvick did finish second. William Byron finished third. He actually locked himself in to the round of 12. And so we've got ourselves a pretty good setup here 
going into Vegas. Now, already as it stands, Kyle Larson has got the pull for Vegas. He has just been on a tear. Um, I had actually picked, if you guys remember, I my, my pick was Ryan Blaney to win the championship. Um, he's still in the hunt. But man, the way that Larson is running, he, I mean, God dang, the guy just looks unbeatable. He really does. If his car is just decent, he's, he's fast. I mean, he dominated at Darlington. You know, he didn't get the win, but he dominated at Darlington. He's been dominant in just about every race he's been in so far since we started the playoffs. I mean, they have not missed a beat. Now, other people obviously are still in the hunt and anything can happen. One of those, which is Kevin Harvick, who we talked about. Harvick, I do think he had a phenomenal shot at winning. Obviously, he had the lead until, you know, three or four laps ago, and then Larson got around him. He was definitely fast, definitely had one of the cars to beat, and was very, very close to his first win of the season, which is another reason why he was probably so, uh, you know, just ticked off at the situation. Now, like I said, I have no idea, you know, if Chase Elliott was sitting there hanging back, slowing up, you know, holding holding Harvick up, you know, for his teammate. I don't know if that happens. These guys, you know, it's one thing when you have a teammate and you're at Daytona or Talladega, right? To like, be like, oh, I'm going to get my teammate up here. We're going to draft and we're going to push ourselves. So it's another thing to just be like, I'm going to come out here and block for my teammate. I just, I don't know if those guys are wired that way. I really don't, you know? Now, if this was F1, yeah, I... Yeah, I could see that because you get you get orders from, you know, your team principals where it's like, hey, let that guy by. Hey, you know, come in and pit so we can get the fastest lap and take a point from, you know, Hamilton or or Ricardo or whoever name your driver, right? Verstappen. I don't see that happening in NASCAR. So to me, I, you know, did Elliott slow up a little bit? I don't know. Who knows for sure? It, it does look like it. Whether or not he did, I don't know. You're not going to be able to prove it without a shadow of a doubt. And at the end of the day, it's done. It's over with. You know, Larson got the win. Harvick got second. And we move on to the round of 12. And now we basically kind of just reset the thing, you know, reset the playoff picture here again. And now we've got the round of 12 for the next four weeks. And it's going to kick off this week in Las Vegas. Now, as much as I will be a pay, uh, be paying attention to this week's cup race in Las Vegas, there's actually something happening this weekend that has got my attention far more than the NASCAR series, and that is the Four Crown Nationals, and we're going to talk about that after the break. All right, so this weekend, we've got the 39th running of the Four Crown. Now, back in the day, the four crown nationals was it was pretty straightforward and it was like this for a really long time so it was basically you have the three you know the three main USAC series so you had the midgets the sprints and then the silver crown and then they ran the modifieds with it the, it was like the UMP modifieds and they ran this for a really long time but over the last you know I don't even know how many years now it's changed up some and now it's really, it's almost like a five crown, to be honest. So on Friday night, they're going to be running the World of Outlaws, okay? And that's just going to be a one-night show for the World of Outlaws on Friday night. 
And the World of Outlaws are going to run Friday night with the USAC Silver Crown. Uh, now, the Silver Crown's not running everything. They're going to be just doing their qualifying on Friday night. And then I believe, if I'm looking at this correctly, yeah, they're just qualifying on Friday night. So Silver Crown just has qualifying. Um, the USAC Midgets, they will run kind of a, a straightforward USAC show. So they'll have qualifying, their heat races, and then, you know, a last chance qualifier if they need one, you know, B main, and then they'll run a 25 lap feature. World of Outlaws are basically running kind of a, a typical just one night show at, you know, the four crown. Now, Saturday night is when things really, it, that's kind of your four crown, okay, is Saturday night. So Saturday night, you've got, instead of the World of Outlaws sprints, you've got the all-star circuit of champions. They're going to be running. So you've got the All-Stars, the USAC Sprints, the Midgets, and then the Silver Crown. So Saturday night, you've got All-Stars. They're going to be doing their, their time trials along with the USAC Sprints. Now the Midgets, the way that they're going to be set up for Saturday night is, is they are going to be, based on how their feature is on Friday night, that's going to determine the starting lineup for their heat races on Saturday. So. The winner gets seated six. It's a six. I think it's a six car invert on the heats. So then they'll run their heats and that'll determine who is starting where in the feature. Along with the midgets, you've got the USAC sprints, which is uh, to me, I, I, there's very few, there's very few things on earth that I consider to be like absolute must see TV. And one of those things is non-wing 410 sprint cars at Eldora. It it's just insane, man. I it, the four crown is on my bucket list of races that I I want to events that I want to go see in person. And I really this year I'm going to the world finals. I'm absolutely stoked about that, but next year I want to go to the four crown for the 40th running of it. I absolutely want to go because it's just one of those races that I just I, I don't know. I just want to see it, man. Because those cars are so incredible. I have seen the the USAC sprints at some incredible venues and I've seen some incredible racing and I've never seen them in person at Eldora and I can only imagine how much better it is in person when I've actually seen it you know on TV it's it's got to be so much better in person so I really want to go to that but you've got them on um Saturday night also and then um you've got the Silver Crown running their feature so the Silver Crowns basically they qualify Friday They've got their kind of hot laps on Saturday, and then they just wait, and then they close out the four crown on Saturday night. They're the last feature. Um, and before them, it's basically the feature rundown. It's going to go midgets, sprints, uh, and when I say sprints, I mean USAC sprints. Then you've got the all-stars, and then the silver crown. That's kind of your, your rundown on the features. Now, coming into the event, if we look at kind of who's the people to watch here, there's a couple of drivers that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on because I think they're going to be, you know, the the drivers to be. Now, in terms of a lot, of, I've heard people asking, talking about it's Kyle Larson running. I have not heard anything, to be honest. I haven't done a lot of research on whether or not Kyle Larson is going to be running the four crown with the playoff going on and them being in Vegas this weekend. Um, you know, it would not surprise me if he doesn't run the four crown, but then again, it wouldn't surprise me if he did run the four crown. So I don't know if 
Larson shows up, whatever car he's in, I would put him as one of the favorites to win it. But let's just assume that Larson's not going to be there for the, the sake of this discussion. Now, next week, we're going to have a really special guest come in who's actually going to be at the four count. We're going to break it all down. I'm, I cannot wait to do that with my man Keith because that's going to be that's going to be freaking awesome. I, I'm looking forward to that. Because he's actually, he's someone who's actually ran these, he's raced non-wing sprint cars before, and he's going to be at this event. So I'm really looking forward to, to getting his, his rundown on everything. But looking ahead at this week's event. So Friday night, you've got the Outlaws, and then, like I said, the Midgets. Now, for me, the, the, the guy that I, the driver that I think is going to be the car to beat is going to be Sheldon Hodenshield. He was on a rail at the King's Royal. Had he not had bad luck, I think he would have won the King's Royal. I really do. Um, and if he can just, if he can, if they can do that again this weekend at the forefront, I definitely think he's going to be the car to beat. Um, he's been incredibly fast there. And the, dude, he's just fast. The kid is just fast. They really are. Like I said, I thought he was about the only one who had a legitimate shot at catching Sweet, but since saying that, Sweet has done nothing but pull farther and farther away. Um, it looks like he's just going to be wrapping up another championship. But I do think going into next year, you know, I think Sheldon Hodenshield is going to be a legitimate contender for the championship. Um, he has shown phenomenal speed, and Eldora is one of those tracks that he just seems to, he's just on a rail. He's just on a rail at that track so he's gonna be my pick to win the friday night show now in the midgets there's a handful of drivers who i think can really win the four crown all right not just the friday night show but i'm talking saturday night the the main event and one of the drivers that i think is going to be the driver to beat in the midgets is also my pick for the driver to beat in the all-stars and that's tyler courtney tyler courtney is He's insanely good in the midgets. Um, now, he's running the full all-star schedule this year. I mean, he's actually leading the points. He's been very good in the all-stars. He's got eight, eight wins on the season. He also won the Kings Royal um, this, yeah, this last year. Now, remember, we had two Kings Royals. So he won the first one, I guess it would be. Um, so he's shown to be very, very good. At Eldora, so he's going to be my pick in the All-Stars. I actually think he's going to win the Four Crown in the All-Stars, but I also think if he's running the Midgets, I think he's going to be the guy to beat in the Midgets. Now, there's a couple of other drivers also to keep an eye on. N number one is Meserol. That guy is just, I mean, he he's checkers or wreckers, but he he he's fast. He's really really fast. And Timez is one of those guys that he he kind of he seems to be. Yeah, kind of like streaky. So like when he's when things are good, man, they're good. When they're bad, whew, they're bad. And I think he's got some good momentum. He just got a win. Uh, what was it like a week ago or something like that? And so he's going to be one of the guys I think is also going to be a challenger in the midgets for the four crown. Um, and it's just Eldora is such a you know in the midgets. It's such a just insanely fast, crazy track. Um, you know, if you look at the guys who really do well, you know, it's, it's kind of the same group all the time, you know, and it's just because those guys are just phenomenal drivers and Courtney and Mesereau obviously fall into that category. Another one obviously is Buddy Kofoid. 
he's incredibly good too. He's another one to keep an eye on. But my pick overall is is going to be Courtney. I think Courtney's going to grab two, um, two of the of the wins in the foreground. I think he's going to get two of them, which would be pretty cool to see. You know, um, as someone who dominated the midgets there for for years and has now gone over to the wing sprint cars, uh, it would be cool to see him get the all star win and the midget win. Um, you know, if he's running both, so that that would that would be cool. Now, on the silver crown side of things. My pick for the Silver Crown winner is actually the same as my pick for the Sprint Car winner. Um, I actually really like Justin Grant. I think Justin Grant's going to be the guy to beat in the Silver Crown. Now, there's when it comes to the Silver Crown, you know, I'm I do not watch them nearly as as much as I watch the midgets and the sprint cars, but in the bit that i have watched this year he just seems like one of those guys that i i just i like he's a freaking awesome sprint car driver he's done good in the silver crown too and so that's who i think is going to really be the one to keep an eye on in the silver crown cars um you know those things are they're just so different right like if you look at the silver crown car from you know, a sprint car, like if you're standing at kind of a distance, you're like, oh, well, they look kind of similar, but they're just not, you know what I mean? They're, they're so much bigger and heavier. And, um, to me, I can't imagine driving one of them big ass things <laughs> at a track like Eldora. I just, I just couldn't imagine doing it. Uh, I've never been a huge silver crown fan on dirt. I, I just haven't. Um, silver crown was always something that I liked more on asphalt. And, you know, I always thought that the silver crown races were better on asphalt than dirt. Um, for me, the, the USAC, you know, when, when, when I was working in racing and, and we were running, you know, USAC stuff, I always thought that the midgets and the sprint cars should just run dirt. And then the silver crown should just run asphalt. That was kind of like my, my thought on it. Um, and now for the most part, I mean, when you look at the sprint cars and the midgets like that, you know, they're, they're dirt, right? Like, you know, how many asphalt races do you see them running? You know what I mean? Like it's not, not the case. So for me, I would much rather watch the silver crowns on the asphalt than the dirt, but they are running the four crown. Obviously um, they still run dirt. They run a lot of those, you know, fairground races and hundred, hundred lappers and stuff like that. And so I think Justin Grant's going to be the guy to watch in the silver crown um you know that's my pick i'm hoping that he gets the win now besides that or moving on from that you know the to me the really the the attraction of the four crown for me the main attraction is the sprints the usac sprints i think they are the best racing um of the whole weekend yes the midgets are cool yes the the wing sprint cars both outlaws and all-stars are cool like they put on a good show, but I just something about the, the the USAC sprints, man. It just you take off the wing, and it's just better. I don't, I don't know, don't know how else to put it. It's just better, and I'm looking forward to that race more than anything. Now, when you look at just the just the top guys in the standings right now, right? So you know. Bacon, Thomas Jr., Grant, Thorson, Learly, Wyndham, you know, Baloo, Stockton, CV. Like when you just look at those those guys, and I'm obviously missing some, you know, Meserald runs uh the USAC sprint sometimes, you know. So when you look at just 
those top guys. The racing that they put on is so, it's so good, man. It just really is. And when you've got them at a track like Eldora, it just lends to an amazing night. It really does. Like, there's no other way to put it. And I think, like I said a minute ago, I think Justin Grant's going to be the man to do it in the sprint cars. Um, I just really like the way he's looked this year. Now, he's not leading the points in the sprints. In fact, Brady Bacon is. Um, Grant's actually, let me look, he, Grant is third right now in the points. Um, he's not far back, though. He's only 112 points or 15 points behind um, Bacon. And he's well, obviously less than that behind you know, Kevin Thomas Jr. in, in second. Um, but I really like the season that he's had. He's had some really, really good wins. And I think he's going to be you know, the man to beat. Now, I do have a dark horse to keep an eye on in the sprint cars, and that is my man, Robert Ballou. So Ballou, I actually used to race outlaw carts against Ballou. Robert Ballou is one of, he, he, Ballou was one of the craziest drivers I ever saw. And when I say crazy, understand I mean that in a good way. So like you have good crazy and bad crazy. Bad crazy is that dude's an idiot and just doesn't have any concern for not only himself, but those around him, right? Like that's, that's bad crazy. Like you don't want to have, you don't want that guy in your race car and you don't want to be on track next to that guy when he's in a race car. Baloo was good crazy. So when we were running outlaw carts, I talked about this in a previous episode when, you know, I raced outlaw carts with brad sweet and also kyle larson those two guys when they were kids you could see watching them that there was something different okay what i i don't know whatever you want to call it the it factor whatever it is but you could just tell when you watch them in an outlaw car you were like they have something that everybody else doesn't they possess something that nobody else out here does you see the same thing whether it's football or baseball or basketball, right? You know, when you watch, you know, go back and watch those uh, high school games of LeBron James, right? I mean, other than the fact that even at 18 years old, the dude was built like a Greek god, okay? Take that out of the equation. But when you watched him play, you could look at him and you could see that, like, he has something that nobody else does. And it's not like he was playing with scrubs. He was playing at a nationally ranked high school, right? He, the, the competition that he was playing against was insane. The dudes on his team were all going to top flight colleges, right? Like they were going to Duke and North Carolina and, you know, like all the top schools that you think of, Kentucky, right? Like his teammates are going to those teams on full rides and he's going straight to the pros. You could watch him and you can see like, he's got something that nobody else does, right? Yes, he's he's a, a built like a man, right? Like, I mean, bigger and stronger and faster than a man, you know? Yes, he's got, you know, he can jump, and yes, he can pass, and yes, he, he's got strength and can take it to the hole, like all those things, but it's, it's besides that. You watch him, you're like, he's just got something. It's different. I remember in the NFL, right? Well, actually, before he got to NFL, Todd Gurley, when he played for Georgia in college football, when you watched Todd Gurley run, you could look at him. You, you could, it was just different. You're like, he's different. 
the way that he runs is just different than everybody else. There's a there was a, an effortlessness to it that you just couldn't explain, right? And he had the power and the speed and all that stuff. But when you just watched it, you were like, that's different. He's different than everybody else, right? You can't put your finger on what it is, but you know it's different. That was Larson and Sweet. You watched him and you're like, man, those kids are just different. They've got something that nobody else has. Yes, they've got talent and skill and speed and all stuff like that, but just watching them, you're like, they're different. The way that their their minds worked, right? The, 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 the things that they would do, how they would do it, when they would do it, they were just different. Baloo, when I watched him coming up, I was like, that kid's nuts. <laughs> like, that's what I thought. I was like, that kid is in crazy. I saw him do things that no, you would, you would be like, God, no sane person would do that, right? Like, would they do that? Wouldn't, you know, I used to watch him and I would think, I'd be like, would I go three wide right there? Probably not, you know? Like, would, would I risk that move? No, I don't think I would. Now, granted, I was never as good as he was, never. You know, not even on my best day and him on his worst day, right? But he was, you would just watch me like, dude, that guy is on the throttle and he will put his car in places that most people won't risk. He doesn't always come out on top, right? But he'll put it in places that most people just won't risk. Now, I think pretty much if you make it to USAC sprints, you have to have that in you regardless, right? Because those cars are just so insane. Right, you have to be able to just say, "Look, man, I'm gonna, I've got, I've got to be on the throttle. I've got to back this thing into the cushion, right? I've got, you know, I'm. It's gonna pick up the front end, and the car's gonna have all this crazy action. It's gonna be bouncing everywhere, and I'm not gonna lift because that's how you got to drive it, right? Like you have to have that to some degree. He just seems to have it a little bit more than everybody else, at least you know from what I from what I watch, and so. I've given, I'm giving him an outside chance. It would not surprise me at all if he actually won this race. It really wouldn't. Um, he is a former champ, right? I mean, he's had a phenomenal season in USAC. Now, he had a couple, you know, he had, he's had some down years, but he seems to be coming back, man. And I really like what I've seen from him. And I think he's going to be somebody that can definitely make a run to the front. Willie, I don't know. But he, I'm giving him, I'm giving him a, a puncher's chance, right? He's my dark horse in the upcoming four crown nationals. So that's the slate for this weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on the NASCAR race and we've got F1 in Sochi and stuff like that. So I'll be keeping an eye on that stuff, but I'm really looking forward to the four crown. Like I said, it's, it's on my bucket list of, of events that I want to go to. And hopefully in 2022, I'll get to all right, so really quick here, I want to take a minute because we've got the World of Outlaws eSports qualifying series that just started. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, I do sim racing. Um, and sim racing, uh, you know, is gotten very, very big over the last couple of years. Now, sim racing was big, you know, before. And then when COVID came along, it really exploded. Um, and when I talk about sim racing, understand I'm talking about one sim in particular, and that's iRacing. Now, iRacing has a really um, unique advantage, I guess you would call it, over a lot of the other sims out there. And that advantage is licensing. 
iRacing has done a phenomenal job of creating, you know, partnerships and stuff like that with the biggest, you know, names and brands out there when it comes to professional real world motorsports, right? So we were talking about the NOS Energy Energy Drink World of Outlaws, right? You've got the E NASCAR series, right? Which is sponsored by Coke. I mean, that is an officially licensed NASCAR series. It's just an esports series as opposed to a, a you know racing a real car. The same thing with the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. Now they used to actually do a USAC um, Sprint Car Championship that they no longer do, um, and they also did a Dirt Late Model Championship, World of Outlaws Late Model Championship that they ran last season or last year. There uh, doesn't look like they're going to be running it this year, but they still got the sprint cars on the dirt side. And this last week was the first week of the qualifying series. Now, the way that this works, for those of you who don't know, is every year they run their world championship. There's 35 drivers who are qualified. They are the pros in the sprint cars, the winged 410 sprint cars here in iRacing. Now, the top 15 in points at the end of the season retain their pro license. Okay? They get to come back next season or the next world championship. Everybody else, right? The other, the 20 other drivers that were in that you finished outside the top 15, and then every other driver on the sim that has an A license that wants to try to qualify can qualify. And this last Tuesday night, or excuse me, last Monday night was the first week of the qualifiers. Now there's only six weeks. And after the first week, um, we've got a pretty interesting shakeout. Now, I. You guys, I'm not, I'm not going to be covering sim racing all the time on here, but since this qualifier, it is a big deal. And after this first week, with my boy, my man, Greg Lamey, grabbing the win, I got to give a shout out because it was a phenomenal night for him. Also, my man, Shea Paulo, he had an awesome night too. And then a bunch of guys on my team, right? Zach James, Ryland Gray, Lane Stevens, Justin Sherman and Kenny Hoffman, all of those guys are all in the top 25 in points after one week. Now, it's only one week. We have five more to go, but it was just a phenomenal uh, start to the series. And it was actually some really, really good racing. If you've never seen good sim racing before, you're, if you're a race fan, you really got to check it out. It is definitely something worth checking out. Because the racing is really incredible. Now, obviously, yes, it's, it's a sim. It's not real life. But if you like watching competition, if you like watching just competitive racing, it's incredible. And my buddy, Greg, he actually called it. And Greg, is a, he's a former pro motocross racer in real life. Okay, so this guy knows what it's like to be a pro in real life. All right. But he calls it the purest form of racing. And he's correct because you know what? Everyone's got the same car, right? Yeah, you have different setups on the car, but every, you're at, you've got the same car. You know, in the NASCAR series, you don't have to be, right? Like the Hendrick team doesn't have an advantage over the Gibbs team, right? Or whatever teams they've got on the, on the eSports, you know, Coke series side. And so it's up to, to you. It's just up to you. And it's been an awesome kickoff to the series. I'm really looking forward to the next five weeks. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully, you know, we can have a good showing here in the, in the qualifier. Hopefully we can get a few people in the Pro Series. And that would be awesome. Because um, the Pro Series is something we will talk about in the pod uh, when we get to it. 
you know, it's a little ways away. Obviously, we gotta we gotta get through the qualifier before the pro series, but it's just really cool. It's really good experience. And if you've ever loved racing and wanted to do it, and you are like, well, dude, I can't afford a hundred grand for a sprint car, you ought to check out sim racing. It's 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 fun. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, if I if if I'm being honest, it's a lot of fun. It's awesome. But I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my guys because they all had an awesome awesome first week, and hopefully, uh, things will continue that path or continue down that path as we head through the rest of the qualifier. All right, so it is time for our last little segment of today's episode, and that is Ask Tommy. Now, remember, you can get your questions asked by me by just emailing asktommy35 at gmail.com. Really simple. Um, you know, mostly, I mean, we started off as doing racing stuff, but you can basically ask me anything. I don't know. I don't care, right? Just something ask me whatever um now today's is a racing topic and this is actually uh I, so i'm just gonna say you guys if you email if you email a question in okay if you don't want me to use your names or or information or stuff like that you know just just tell me that in the email all right so um because i've got some people who because this email it makes it sound like he doesn't want me to use names i i don't know but then he says it in a way where but it sounds like he's giving me real names so i i don't know so just let me know all right if you do it but this one's actually pretty funny because i've actually gone through this before okay we we i actually experienced this firsthand on both sides all right so we'll we'll, we'll cover this so he said hi tommy love the show Oh, no, I need to come. Uh, let's we'll call him Justin since we were talking about Justin Grant. We'll call him Justin. So, my name is Justin. I work for a sprint car team. I don't know if he's the head guy or what. He doesn't say, but he says he works on a sprint car team. We have a setup that we really like and run at our local dirt track. Our driver, who he doesn't name, so I, I don't. Let's call the driver Bill. All right. So we've got Justin the mechanic. We've got Bill the driver. So our driver, we'll call Bill doesn't seem to do well with it now he doesn't say why i don't know if this has been somebody that they've had before or or is it is it like just a fill-in i don't know he doesn't get into the details why so anyway so bill doesn't seem to like the setup justin says they know it works good but bill's not comfortable with it should we should we adjust the setup to his liking or use what we know has done well at this track? Okay, so here's the thing, and I've talked about this before, and I've been on both sides of this. So the guy that I learned from when it comes to the dirt midgets was a guy by the name of Terry Caves. Now, Terry Caves was, uh, in terms of, you know, USAC midget racing, you know, back in the day, and, then, and also BCRA, back when BCRA was a really big deal out here on the West Coast. He was a big name. He's had some very, very good drivers for him. I mean, when I was working for him, I mean, I remember listening to messages on his phone. This was back when we had an answering machine, right? So that tells you how old I am. Um, from Tony Stewart. I mean, Tony Stewart was in town. I remember for the uh, the race out here at back then it was called Sears Point, right? Sonoma, the road course, and he was in town and he wanted to see about running the midget the that weekend that we were racing. Now we already had two drivers at the time, so he obviously didn't but i mean that's the level that that terry was at very high up very respected he had people you know tony stewart kenny schrader drove for him quite a bit you know ronnie day i mean just really really good drivers really good drivers we're talking some of the best so 
that was who I learned from. Now, Terry's viewpoint on this was basically straightforward. It's kind of like what we were talking about here with Justin. Like, he knows what works at these tracks. He's going to set the car up that way. And then it's like to the driver, hey, man, get in and drive it. Okay. And that's what he did a lot of times. And we had a lot of success with that. We really did. Now, there was a time we had a driver. So we had, there was, at one point we were running two cars and we had one driver who was our basic, like, I mean, when I say basic, I mean, he was basically our regular driver. His name was John Srawley. So he ran every week, you know, in the car. Then we had this second car that we would kind of rent out to whoever really wanted to drive it. And we got this driver by the name of Tim Barber, who ran a few races for us. Now, Tim was not a dirt guy. Tim had come in and he had been running the Barber series cars, like the Skip Barber cars. He was an asphalt road guy. So dirt was, this was something completely foreign to him. Okay. Now, when he came in, the first race that we ran, we had kind of put on a setup that we knew would be good for the track, but it wasn't really, it's not like we had that tailored to Tim because Tim didn't really know. He, he hadn't really, all he had done was some practice laps at the local dirt track here in Marysville, right? He hadn't been on a bunch of dirt tracks. You know what I mean? It's not like he could go to Petaluma and be like, oh, this is what I like. And then when he goes to Placerville, right? Or Ventura, he's like, okay, let's do this. I like it to feel like this. He didn't know any of that because he hadn't raced it yet. So for him, it was just like, hey man, get in the car and go. Well, after like two or three races, because at this point I had been with Terry for a while and Terry was actually letting me kind of call some shots on stuff right and we were running and we were i think it was bakersfield if i'm remembering correctly um i want to say it was bakersfield but who knows it was so long ago but anyway so we're running and tim's doing pretty well and we're getting to the feature right and i had always said to terry at the time because i was like you know, because I went through this even when I was in outlaw carts, you know, when I had started setting up my friends' cars and outlaw carts and stuff like that. I used to always ask, they're like, well, hey, you know, I had this one buddy, Brian Amos, and I would set up his car one week at this track in Red Bluff, and he did really well. He finished like third or fourth. And then the next week, he comes back, and the, and the car is completely different. I'm like, what did you do? He's like, well, I talked to Chris and David and they said that the car should be set up like this. I go, okay, and you did that and now now it sucks. You can't drive it. I go, what they do is not for you, man. I go, it's completely different. You don't drive like they do. You've got to have it what's good for you. And we changed it back and literally that night he won the race. Literally that night he won the feature. Okay, and so I'd gone through this before just in outlaw cards. I mean, it's the same principle everywhere. So with that night in the midget, we're sitting there and Tim, had, he'd qualified, you know, kind of mid-pack and, you know, and this was a USAC race. I mean, this was a, a, a pretty big race, right? And so he qualified like mid-pack. He transferred out of the heat race, but he finished, I want to say third or fourth. So it's not like he was starting up front. He was starting mid-pack in the feature. And we're getting ready for the feature. And Tim had been saying, he's like, I don't like the way the the car feels and basically what he was talking about was the way that when he would go into the corner kind of the role that the midget that the car had it was just a little too soft for him on the right side he didn't like it which is to be understood which is to to be understood right the guy comes from asphalt so he's not used to the car rolling over on the right rear and picking up the left front 
So I was like, okay. So I talked to Terry and Terry's like, well, hey man, you know, this, the setup that's on here, if you change X, Y, and Z, he's like, I know that that works here. And I was like, okay, but I'm going to, I said, I want to try something different. I said, he's not liking the way that it feels. I go, I want to try something different. And he's like, okay, so what are you going to do? And I told him, and I was like, look, man, I said, I'm going to stiffen the right bar, the right rear bar. And then I'm going to tie down that left rear shock some more. I said, and then I'm going to put a turn into the left rear and I'm going to take a turn out of the right rear, I think is what I did. And then I also did, I think I changed the left front shock or something like that. You know, I went from a, a straight shock to a, a, a tie down shock or something. I think we had like a four, three on the left front and I put like a four, five, like nothing crazy, but like something, something like that. And he was like, all right, you know, do it. If that's what you think is going to work, then, then do it. You know, if he wants the car to feel that way, go ahead, you know? And he, and he was kind of like, I don't think it's going to work, but go right ahead. I'll let you do it. Right. And so that's what I did. I put on there and we ended up running, you know, I think we finished seventh that night. And the car right in front of us was John, his, you know, the other driver that we were working on. And it worked out really, really well. You know, your driver has to feel comfortable. They have to feel comfortable. This is my philosophy personally. They have to feel comfortable. Now, this is to a certain extent, though, because you have to have something on the car that is obviously suited for that track. So, for example, right, when, we're, when we were running 410 sprints here at Silver Dollar Speedway, right, wing sprints, Okay. If the driver kept coming in and saying, Hey man, I want this thing to roll over on the right rear, like a non-wing sprint. We're going to be like, okay, dude, no, that's not going to happen. Cause it's not, I don't care how comfortable that may feel to you. You're not going to go anywhere you're going to just, you're going to be a disaster, right? So it's to a certain extent, but once you, once you're past like the base setup for me, what I always focused on for the driver was, is we would get the base on and then Pretty much once we had that base on, everything else that I would do was basically driver comfort. So when we're talking about like the wheel spacing, the stagger, right? The shocks, the shocks are such a huge uh, factor when it comes to the comfort of the car for the driver, in my opinion. They're just, it's a huge, huge factor because how that guy drives the car, you know what I mean? The, the shocks, you can really make that thing feel the way that they, that they want it to feel. You know, yes, there are situations where it's just like, hey, man, we're going to put these shocks on because we know it's faster. Get out there and drive it, right? Like, I mean, you absolutely have situations where you can do that. But if you can get it close, like, that's the key. And so when the driver's not comfortable, to me, I don't care how fast the setup is, it's just not going to work, right? Because they're not comfortable. Most drivers are, are you know, most drivers are not Tony Stewart and Kyle Larson. Meaning they can't hop into a car that feels like crap and still, and still, you know, wheel it to a victory. That's just not going to happen. And we went through this with the sprint cars when we had uh, the outlaws come to town. So we were working, me and my buddy Lee, we were wrenching our friend Shane's 410 sprint car. And our first week together, we'd gone out to the local, to the local, you know, points night at silver dollar for 10 points night and we won the race it was the first night that it was just us two together and we had literally rebuilt that whole car that week because the people who had been working on it before us were idiots and we got it all together got the setup on it and stuff like that we went out and you know we 
we rolled that thing off the truck and it was just amazing. Like we nailed it in the garage, which, you know, when you can do that, it's awesome. I think that night, all we did was literally like move the right rear end some. We took out a little bit of stagger and then, you know, added a, added a, you know, a turn or two to the right rear and took a turn or two out of the left rear. Like that was it. And that car was just on a rail. And then the week later, the outlaws come to town and we got a completely different track, meaning, you know, how the track state is and stuff like that. We didn't roll it off the truck great, right? We were definitely off in hot laps and, and when, you know, cause we were like the third group for hot laps or something like that. And so it's pretty close to what it's going to look like for qualifying. And Shane's coming in and he's like, Hey man, this thing is, it, it's, 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 I don't like it. It's too hooked up, man. He's like, it's too hooked up. And Lee's like, all right, we'll take care of it. I'm like, what are we going to do? He's like, we're going to lock it down. Tell him to keep it, you know, tell him to keep throttle down. I'm like, dude, he's not going to be able to turn the car. And sure enough, he went out there. The car was tighter than it was in hot laps. And it was so hooked up, he could hardly get the dang thing to turn. Because as good as, as good as he was, guess what? He's not freaking Steve Kinzer, right? Like he's, he's not Sammy Swindell or Donnie Schatz. He can't just hop in a car and make it go. And that's your, the vast majority of drivers. So in my opinion, man, to me... If you've got the base and you know that it's good, then use that as a base. But when it comes to the adjustments for the comfort aspect of things, you got to do that for the driver, in my opinion. You just have to, man. You know what I mean? You just have to. Look, I do that in the sim world, okay? Like, I mean, and all all you're doing is is with a wheel with force feedback, right? Imagine an entire car. So for me, the driver's got to be comfortable, you know, yes, you've got your base and stuff like that. But when it comes to those, those adjustments, right, when you're staying ahead of the track and and getting things better for the driver, to me, it's the driver, right? Like if your setup is no, 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 man, when we're at this track, we're running, you know, these shocks on the right and these shocks on the left, and we've got these bars in it. And this is how we do it. If that's the case, we'll run your bars, right? Put your shocks and put the setup on there. And then if they come in and they're like, Hey man, I don't like how this feels. I want this to do this. Or I want to then make it happen. Make it happen. Cause they got to be comfortable. I don't care who the driver is. They've got to be comfortable. If they're not comfortable. They're not going to get the throttle down. If they don't get the throttle down, they're not going to go anywhere. So that's going to do it all for the ask Tommy portion of the pod and for this pod all together. Now, really quick, do me a favor, please. If you like this, you know what to do like share subscribe all that other good stuff make sure you follow we're on spotify and all these other we're we're everywhere okay we're just everywhere um still still dealing with the apple crap but hopefully that'll be up soon but anyways we're on just go to spotify just go to spotify okay if you're not already listening to us on spotify all right but yeah please share download subscribe all that other good stuff and then Keep an eye out for next week's pod. I'm going to try to do it on Wednesday, get it up on Wednesday. It might be a day late um, just because, you know, my man Keith, he's going to be back from Fort County. He's got work and stuff like that. So, but we're going to have him in here with us. We're going to break down the whole Fort County National. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it, man. So should be a really interesting show, but that'll do it all for today's episode. Thank you very much as always. And until I talk to you, Again, take care.